Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a beautiful, lovely returning guest. I admire him so much for his uh, testimony, his strength, and his courage throughout life and the willingness to share with other people so that they may also get the message. So welcome back, my lovely friend, Monty Mansfield. How in the world have you been, my dear? How you doing today, man? Thank you so much for having me on, having me on the show. Uh, things are going good. Uh, last time I was on the show, it, it's kind of crazy. Last time I, I was on the show, I had just kind of started my YouTube channel. I kind of just got back on social media for you guys that don't know my story. I, I suffered from a long time drug addiction on meth and heroin. I was actually an IV user. Um, I had played pro baseball with the Astros for 10 years and I got hooked on government amphetamine. I got hooked on Adderall. And then after my baseball career, it took over um, for a, a, a long time. And I finally at 37 years old, I was at finally to get the, the, the gift of desperation, which spells out God. You know, I finally was able to let the Lord soak into my heart with a mustard seed family. I'm telling you, with a mustard seed and and uh so last time we had i had been on the show i just started back on social media i took a two-year hiatus from social media i took a year away from the phone uh i took 16 months away from relationships and i went to the salvation army you know and and and, and the lord when i look back he, he literally like pulled me from society and, and stripped stripped the world from me you know right so, so what has gone on since the last time we had, you know, my, uh, I, I got asked to host a podcast, a 90 and 90 podcast on YouTube, and it's all about recovery. We bring on amazing guests uh, to share their story of, of, of redemption from drug abuse, you know, and, and that's grown. It's coming up to like 1600 subscribers. We started like nine months ago and we're just continuing to, to be at service, you know, and then the, the, there, there's a uh, channel that I'm really proud of is that like I was literally like I was getting out of the Salvation Army and I love to spread the good news. So every single morning when I was in the Salvation Army, when COVID hit, they uh, they uh, nobody could come in. So I had my hand raised every day to get up on stage and get the guys motivated during devotion every single mm -hmm. morning. So when it seemed like when it seemed like, uh, you know, everybody was struggling out there with COVID and people were relapsing and all these things. Like I literally look back and like God locked me into the Salvation Army and I was able to uh, work on my craft of being able to be a motivational speaker or be able to share, be a pastor and be able to spread the message. And I ended up stepping away from the Salvation Army and I was sitting there and I was like, man. I want to spread the good news, but I'm not in the Sally no more. You know, I don't have that, 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 that chapel every morning to go to. So I saw, I was listening to a YouTuber named Wes Watson. He just got out of prison like six years ago. He started a YouTube channel and now he's like a mold. He's just doing really well. Motivational speaker. His name is Wes and he's sitting there and I'm on my phone. And, and I'm watching one of his videos and he goes, all he goes, all you people out there, man, you talking about how you want to make a YouTube channel. He's like, why don't you just get on your phone and do one? And I'm like, what the heck? So when I look back, you know, I walk with God, I'm like, I'm like, bro, is that God talking to this dude? So I end up going up to the park and I end up taking my Android phone, my first ever video. And I just, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. I just make a little video and I post it onto a YouTube channel that I just started, you know, that I just, 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 just put up there on YouTube. And then now, you know, about 10 months ago, 
I started that channel and I've just been getting better and better and better and better. And every day, like I wake up my morning routine, I wake up and I go to the park at six in the morning and I make three short videos and one long video and I post them and I've just gotten better every day. And I do this every single day. And now like I'm up on that channel, I'm up over to over a thousand subscribers and I'm proud of that channel because it's on my phone. You know, I just literally, I take right. my iPhone. I just, I just let the, I just let the Lord shine through me every single morning. And I love having this purpose to be able to spread the good news and i'm just so thankful for that and it just brings me so much joy to, to be able to wake up and just just spread the good news but i'm just blown away like my my, my facebook has grown a lot my uh um, my instagram has up over a thousand followers and this has all just been like one year of just really waking up and being like having my hand raised to spread the good news every day and, and just little things yeah, little things happen. Like uh, someone goes, "Hey, man, you're the Dick Vitale of Hope," and he goes, "Because Dick Vitale used to always go, let's go, baby, <laughs> right?" And so I started <laughs> I doing I, that. <laughs> yes, so I started doing after uh, be, before I end every video, I go, "Let's go, baby," and people started loving it, you know, and just getting the feedback and the confirmation and all these things mm -hmm. on being able to spread the good news. And 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 plus, me and my wife, we went to um, uh, FOF, and we're going to be entering officer school for the Salvation Army to become full time pastors and salvationists for them in 2024 so we got uh we got the um the admissions process starting right now so things are just god is making moves in my life you know and it's just it's just literally taking care of the little things you know not worried about the harvest so much you know just kind right. of planting seeds you know here and there because we're planting seeds right but we're doing it and we're moving forward so the seeds that we're planting are blossoming behind us and and we don't always know exactly what what God's doing or who he's who who he's helping or whose life he's saving, you know. Exactly. But like I say, like I and say, we gotta go ahead. Sorry, Janet. I was just gonna say, um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was the mustard seed. And I want you to explain to people um that maybe are not there yet in their journey of faith. What is the story about the mustard seed? Yeah. So when I look back in my life, when, uh, like my, my whole life, 37 years, I chased pleasures. Okay. I chased pleasures and I, uh, I played pro baseball and I look at the parable of the prodigal son. When I first heard the parable of the prodigal son, it absolutely blew my mind. And this was enough evidence to open up the new life recovery Bible and to start really learning about the Bible, which has been the most amazing, the best by far decision that I've ever made in my life. Mm -hmm. God was the last thing that I tried. And he was the first thing that worked family. I'm telling you last mm -hmm. thing I tried first thing that worked. And there's a point in the, on the prodigal son where uh, he gets his inheritance and he goes out and sees what the world has to offer. Well, I got my signing bonus at 19 years old. I went out to see what the world had to offer. And I chased pleasures. The problem with chasing pleasures is once you, you get a pleasure, you need more, you need right. more, you need more. You're never satisfied. You will mm -hmm. never ever be satisfied so what happened for me is at 28 years old i'm going to the stadium brand new tundra 6'4 230 pounds throwing 94 miles an hour right i'm playing in front of 20,000 fans i'm in AAA. I got a nice condo i should be happy with my life things are going great but because i chase pleasures I put Adderall in my body that day for the first time. I put amphetamine in my body. I didn't even have to do that, but I chased pleasure. So I wanted another pleasure and I put it in my body and it disguised itself as heaven. 
and it ended up taking me straight to hell. So mm-hmm. after that moment of that first day of that, that, that amazing, wonderful, awesome, crazy, great experience, because it's a false hack into your dopamine, it hits right. your dopamine and it goes, and it just goes boom. And you're like, wow, I need this forever. And literally I went from being a pro athlete to now thinking that I need this medication to becoming on my way of becoming a junkie. So mm-hmm. the point of the mustard seed is that 37 years old, right? I have, I'm lost. 180 pounds, missing front tooth, strung out, needle track mark all over my body. And I have no idea where to start. I have no idea how to turn my life around at this point. Like I said, I'm living the prodigal son, but I haven't heard of of the parable yet in my life. I haven't heard of it, but I'm on the side of of a Walmart and I can't get a syringe to get high. And I go on the side of the building and I just remember thinking to myself, like even the people in jail, they have a three hots and a cot. Like I start like jail starts to look good to me and I'm on the run at this time. So I end up turning myself in and I remember. And now when I look back and you hear about the mustard seed, I'm laying on the ground of jail on the concrete, all these criminals around me and I'm laying there on my side. And I remember saying, God, I need you in my life. I've tried everything. And I need you right now. And when I right. look back at it, that was the mustard seed right there. It started that small, just a mm-hmm. mustard seed. And I just, at that point, I started uh, to have acceptance. I finally accepted who I had become on this planet. I finally surrendered to God. The mustard seed started growing because of faith. You know, I kept on, I, I, I surrendered. And then where God take me, he take me from jail to the Salvation Army. So I went right into the Salvation Army, this amazing place to learn all about God, you know. And that mustard seed just kept growing and kept growing and growing and growing. And the point of that is that no matter how bad your life is, this isn't something big that you need. All you need is that little mustard seed, that right. little mustard seed of faith <clears throat> that can end up taking you into a whole nother direction. Because us as human beings, we're the only species that can go 100 miles an hour the wrong way, stop, repent, which means change direction and move into a whole nother direction. And this right. is because of that mustard seed moment. Right. And I, you know, I think that's so important for a lot of people. And it's probably a message that a lot of people, um, you know, they'll hear it and it'll go in one ear and out the other. They'll be like, oh, you know, I I don't struggle with addiction or I don't have problems with this or that. But people think about it this way. Anything that you do in life that is self-gratifying, Um, you are not moving in the right direction because you have to take out your ego out of things and start living for your purpose, which is fulfilling your purpose to serve not only God, but other people as well. And that's why I really appreciate what you do. I'm so happy that you started the 90 and 90 podcast because there's so many people that struggle with addictions of multiple different kinds, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's drug addiction or, you know, alcohol abuse or porn addiction, sex, sex addiction, you know, materialistic thing, addiction, whatever it is, there's always a message in, in God and in what his purpose for your life is. Because I think so many times, You know, we think that we're doing the right thing, but then all these bad things keep happening, you know, and people always say, 
I feel like it's raining on me because there's always something bad. It's one thing after another. Me, me, me. Why, why, why? If you stop to look at your life and evaluate what you're doing, obviously the path that you've chosen is not the right one. If bad things keep happening. Yeah. And I, that's the thing is I, I, I did a message on, um, you know, if your life is looking good on the outside, like for me, when I was playing professional baseball, everybody around thought my life was absolutely amazing, but only, you know, deep down in your heart, you know, God, you and God know what you're truly seeking. So right. like the whole time I'm playing pro baseball and I'm seeking pleasures, women, VIP room status, mm -hmm. The uh, luxury cars, like like when if I'm in, if I'm seeking all those things, it doesn't matter what your life looks like on the outside in. If you're out there and you're struggling and your life looks great on the outside, be honest with yourself. Right. Really sit down and be and take that moral inventory and see what you're probably seeking. You're probably seeking the wrong things in your life because mm -hmm. I know now as I wake up and I seek the right things, like I'm seeking God, I'm staying close to the Lord. It's been an absolute, I mean, for me, for me, Janet, you know, in my life, like learning that God will not tempt, like this is such a right. big time maturity for me because <laughs> back when I played baseball, it was like, I remember waking up every single day, right? My whole career. And at first, when you're young, you're 21, you're 22, you can go to the bars all night, wake up with a hangover, show up to the field, play the next day. And you can be solid because you're a young man. You're a young man. 29, 30 years old, man, next thing you know, you're losing weight. You know, the effects of partying are now hitting you. Now you're throwing 85 miles an hour. Like you did not take care of your vessel. You know, you did not take right. care of your, your, your carcass, your, you know, your, your, your <laughs> <Right>. vessel. <laughs> you <laughs> your know meat I mean? suit. <laughs> yeah, your meat suit, right? So if I'm sitting there every single day without ever having God, so before 37 years old, no God, right? No God. Mm -hmm. I always felt that there was something wanting me to do better. And I kept pushing them away, but I did not know God did not believe in God. I didn't, I, I just, I just lived my life. I wasn't brought into, uh, into God, into the church ever as a kid. I just play, I just lived off of, of, of my emotions and I would wake up and as the game would go, I had seven o'clock game time. So that kind of kept my life with purpose because I had to show up to a stadium every night at right. seven o'clock. That's why the wheels didn't absolutely fall off yet in my life. Like I was able to have a purpose, you know what I mean? Not yet. After, ba was, yeah, after baseball. Still driving that car. <laughs> exactly. After baseball is when the wheels fell off because I didn't have a stadium to go to. So, right. But when third inning, fourth inning, fifth inning, and all of a sudden it would be like, okay, I'm probably not going to pitch. The devil, because God cannot tempt, would start to minimize the night. He would start to minimize sin on me and be like, hey, bro, it's going to be a great night. You're going to be in the VIP room. You're going to get all the girls tonight. He, and every single night, I would flip to this person that wanted to go chase pleasures. And pretty much every morning, I woke up with a hangover. And it was all because of me chasing the temptation and now knowing in my life that God cannot tempt. I know that temptation is coming from the evil one. So that's a big time maturity for me in my life. Right. And, you know, um, one of my favorite things is uh, the book of Corinthians. I love that book. There's so many yeah. beautiful messages in there. But this comes from Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. 
And I think what you said, you hit the nail on the head earlier, you know, um, when you said that, that you finally got to the point where you were given desperation, mm -hmm. yes. that was God's way of reaching down and, and picking you up. So let me ask you this, when you're going through all this and, you know, and your baseball career and you're, you're getting everything that you want, you know, and, and you're doing the party and, and all of that stuff. Did you ever once feel joy inside your soul? No, and you know, not joy. I would say that there was times of happiness, but like temporary said, happiness. Yeah, it comes and goes. <laughs> it comes and goes like the wind, you know. And that that was the thing. Is like now, because I live in an attitude of gratitude. Like like I tell people, right. I say the ones that the Lord, the ones that the world crushed the most, they soar the highest. And this is because change of perspective. My 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 perception of soaring is not rich or famous. Right. Right. My perception of soaring is that level two of gratitude, that joy you have inside right. your, your soul. And, and because I look back in the morning, for me, my morning routine is super important because I wake, I tell people I wake up and the devil tries to come at me, right? And I'm like, da, 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 bing, I give him that <laughs> knockout punch right away, right at the end of my bed, you know, and, and this mm -hmm. has been four years of doing this. So, so I picked up this morning routine. I wake up at 430 in the morning. I pick this up in the Salvation Army, and I've been doing it. So it's gained power in my life. And now nobody could tell me any any other way that there is. You know, I'm in bed by 8.39, and I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I do this every night. My schedule allows me to do this. And I get with the Lord. But the first thing I do is I pause, and then I reflect. I reflect on where the Lord has taken me from because I have so much gratitude. I never right. want to forget those dark days. I never want to forget them. Amen. And then, and then A, I ask. I ask the Lord to use my hands and feet and my voice. And then I say, your will, Lord, and the strength to carry it out. And that's the acronym for pray. So that's like a blueprint right there to be able to put God first in the morning. And now mm -hmm. I like I got the God first movement. Every post I put is put God first. Every video I make is let's go, baby, put God first. Let's go. So I'm saying it over and over and over and over again. To where this is becoming like absolute a part of my spirit. It's a part of my soul now. Right. Is to, to put God first. Because I figure if I'm out pushing this right now, then I better live this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely changed my life. But to answer your question within baseball, I can't, I can't look back. There was times like you have a good game and you're happy for the night, but then you wake up and you're trying to find that happiness again. It's coming and going. It's like and like the wind where the joy is an attitude of gratitude that I have constantly, constantly all day long. And there's a, there's some type of joy knowing that you're walking right with God, that you're not hiding anything no more, that you're walking in the light with the spirit, hiding nothing from nobody as a right. person of integrity. This is very empowering and this feels this, it feels good to be like an asset for good. We were made in God's image. So we do good. We feel get, we feel good. We do bad. We feel bad. So right. we want to do good. You know, it's just in our DNA. It's in our spirit that we want to be good people. You know what I mean? I never felt good when I was doing bad. I never felt good. Right. And I'm so, I'm so glad that you talk a lot about gratitude um, for every situation and remembering you know, what you went through before and how dark those times are and where you're at now, because I think it is so important. Um, and I say this all the time to everybody that I ever talk to, that you have to be 
grateful and thankful for the bad and the good in your life, because without going through struggle and trials and turmoil and things like that, you cannot grow as a person um, in your life, in your faith, in anything without being thankful that you have overcome something in the past and something that was dark. So yeah, gain, I think that's so important, and I'm I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, we we gain strength through our strain, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's the thing is I I stand like I said I sit here as I walk with God. If you're out there, family, whoever's listening to this video, and if you're out there and you're like in the worst days of your life right now, I'm promising you, God is is d- diligently seeking to turn that into the most powerful day of your testimony, man. I look back, I look back to those last days, like only God, only God can make me look back and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I put the needle in my arm. Only God can do that because this is my story. This is my testimony. So, so by now putting the needle in my arm, there's somebody out there right now that putting the needle in their arm. And now I've become an expert in being able to get over that type of thing. So now mm-hmm. I'm an expert and I'm educated in that process. So if there's someone out there that can't take the needle out of their arm, I can guide them in the right direction and show them the way out because mm-hmm. it's not easy to get off the needle. I'll tell you right. family, the minute that I, I did the needle, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I need, it was such a high that I was like, I need this forever. And I tell you, man, people will do it for their whole entire life. And now we got fentanyl out there which mm-hmm. is now killing people at an alarming rate found in every drug. So can you imagine right now, this moment, we're living the worst time in world history right. ever to be a drug addict. It's the worst time. People are dying. You don't even have the opportunity to hit rock bottom no more. Like you will be dead before that. And that's, <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's pretty rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that what I tell the addicts where I work, I'm like, guys, you're you you die, but your family suffers. Oh, bad your family, yeah. your friends, you suffer, they suffer from your loss. Like there, there's no there's nothing that can explain. No one should ever have to lose their life to a drug, you know. And and and, and you know, a lot of a lot of people um that are addicts or recovering addicts or whatever will say you know like it's it's about me it's about me and you know my life and what i did mm-hmm. and i'm i always have to you know remind him it's also about everybody that you have touched in your life it's a ripple effect yeah. and so it's no different than like uh people that try to share their stories like you or me or or whatever and try to do good it's that ripple effect and everyone else around you that you affect that you may not even know because it does affect every I was married to a drug addict and so it was the most complicated you know relationship and it's it's very hard for people to understand that it's more than themselves that are involved yeah and it it's like I, I say, I share, you know, before, uh, before I got clean, you know, I had no God and I had a dirty house and I was mm-hmm. selfish because you're so selfish because right. it's like, 
I'm telling you, man, it's that reward system. It's that going into your brain and pulling out that rush of dopamine that mm-hmm. now you felt something that you should have never felt before. You should right. have never felt that rush. And now you want that over and over. You're afraid not to have it. And it's crazy mm-hmm. and it's scary. But now, like in my life, now I trust God. I clean house. And right. now I'm selfless. It's like you literally got to split Amen. all the way around. And, 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 and you have to do that. You have to change your whole way of life because as an addict, you've become the most selfish type of human being that you can be in your entire life. And you just see the, the, the wreckage that an addict leaves behind. And like I said, I don't, I mean, how could, how can me and my mom fight every single day in my addiction at like at each other's throats? over and over and over and now be almost four years clean and me and her are like best friends you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and like i tell people that those relationships that you blew or that you ruined god is going to switch the price tags back around and you're going to know what to put value in and you're going to start to put value in the right things and this is going to build up your self-esteem this is going to build up your spirit and this is going to help you tremendously in your life. And you're going to start rebuilding all those relationships that you ruined, you know? And that's where I could say that the last day of my addiction, how I had blown all these relationships. I had I had just, just blew everything up that now coming up on four years, man, I literally have rebuilt so many relationships to where even the people that I had hurt the most, like ex-girlfriends that I really did dirty, they're rooting for me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like they're just happy to see this change of me and now they're rooting for me. So now everybody on the planet now has literally turned around and they started to root for me because I'm actually an asset. I'm doing, I'm using my gifts for good, you know? And right. then, and then if you feel like you can't make amends to somebody that maybe died, you staying clean and sober is a living amends. You're waking up every day as a living amends for whoever had died up there in, in heaven or wherever, you know, you're now in a living amends. So they didn't die in vain. You know what I mean? It would have been worse off if you like I've had two cousins that overdosed on fentanyl uh, eight years ago. If I would have just kept doing drugs and doing drugs and doing drugs and, and I died, too then their death would have been in vain. But now I feel that now that I got clean and now I'm doing good, that now like I at least learned from their mistake and I've been able to turn my life around. So how hard is it? um, Explain to people like uh, after you, you know, go through the program, you go through the steps, you, you do everything that you need to do. How difficult is it to mend those relationships with people so, that you burned in the past. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to, you're, you're, you're going to have to, it's all going to be on God's timing. Okay. It's all going to be on mm-hmm. God's timing, you know, and, and, and for me, like knowing that knowing God's love and, 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 and God's timing and learning all about the Lord has helped me out tremendously. And like I said, you know, um, there, there were certain stories in my life that I had done to family, you know, that, that I thought that, that I would never uh, be able to mend, you know, I had done some really, uh, bad things to some family members and 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 it, my mom ended up taking me over uh, I ended up getting out of the uh, Salvation Army and my, and my, my cousin Carrie and, and Becky showed up and I had done something really bad you know I had I had uh, stayed at my my my, my 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 uncle Tom right he's my uncle he's like one of the best men in the world you know what I mean and he uh 
he died and and they end up they end up i end up going down there to the funeral right and i'm madly hooked on drugs and they don't know i'm hiding this from everybody and they end up putting me in his bedroom so i'm laying in his bedroom and i look to my left and right and there's bottles of oxycodone and and and, and vicodins like all like bottles of them you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i just start taking them you know what i mean my brain doesn't know and that's the thing about as as an addict like you literally will start just like you can't stop and it, it's hard to explain to somebody that doesn't do drugs and i ended up taking all of them staying for like two weeks acting like the best cousin in the world you know what i mean and i ended up it ended up taking it to where i snuck into her trailer and i took her xanax which she would take for her fam- father's death and I show up to the last day and they're all sitting there to confront me. This was something that I had felt so terrible about. Obviously I should. And I end up walking out that day and she's there and I was able to apologize to her. And as long as I'm staying clean and doing the right thing, everybody's willing to forgive me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is if you're doing the right thing and you're living your life right, but at first, trust me, it's not going to be easy. Your first Christmas or your first Thanksgiving, you go back home, everybody's going to be like, hey, are you okay? Are you this? Are you that? Nobody's going to trust you. All the purses are going to get hit in the closet. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> nobody's going to trust you. But this takes time, and this is God's timing. And like I said, my my third Thanksgiving home, people are asking me for advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how it can turn around in, in, in such a, 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 a quick manner. But when we're when we're getting clean and we're in that pain, three years seems like a like a lifetime away. But when you're sitting here coming up on four years clean, it's not. It, it seems like it just flew by, you know. Like to me, life is like almost like a, a, a raindrop in a thunderstorm. You know how fast that it goes by. But you just got to be very patient at first, man, because you're talking about years and years of digging yourself a hole, digging yourself right. a hole, and you're down there and you're looking up, right? So I, I, if I did 17 years of digging a hole and I got four years clean, I'm still looking up. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm still looking up. Let me let me ask you this question, because one of the things that um, they like to say in the medical community, which irritates the living daylights out of me, is once an addict, always an addict. I don't like that because I don't believe in labels for people uh, because you can always overcome a label. Are you at the point now where you feel like you do not have the desire to ever do that again? So as of right now in my life, yes, I do not have the desire to use. I have now created a life that I love so much right. that I do not want to escape it. But with that being said, Janet, there's certain things that I have to do. Mm-hmm. It's like ritual that I have to do every single day because if I, if I lay off on that stuff, I believe not that like I've never laid off on it. I've, I've continued to be on this path. So, right. but, but what I've heard from people and, 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 and what I've heard from, uh, you know, mentors and things like that, you know, some people get six years clean and they kick back and they think, Oh, okay, I'm good now. They don't stay, uh, they don't stay relentless, relentlessly onto their recovery. So right. the, few th- the things that I do every day and that's, I get up early and I get with God. So from four thirty to six thirty in the morning, I'm with God. You know, I'm I'm I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm reading the Bible, devotions, listening to sermon, motivational things. I go to the park and I make my videos. That's where my purpose is. My purpose is to spread the good news. And then I go to work. But as far as like me having like the uh, the, the the um me having the how would you say that the, the wanting to use? 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't have it no more. I feel like I've been delivered from 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 the addiction. Yeah. But I do, I do know that if I I do know that because this is what I've been told that my addiction's doing push-ups behind me, and if I decided to make that choice, because right now I have a choice. Every day I wake up and I have a choice to not use. I make that choice every single morning. I choose God, just like King David. King David was shown favor his whole life because through the valleys and through the mountaintops, he chose God. And I mm-hmm. choose God every single day on the highs and the lows. But but that's the thing is that I, I have a choice now. But I do know and I do believe that like if I decided to go back out there and put one more in my body that I suffer from something and I'll get an allergy. You know, it's called it's a, it's a phenomenon of craving and I won't be able to stop because the disease gets progressively worse. Right. So I could say but I would say as of right now, I wake up every day and I do not have any urge at all to use. And I put myself, my wife is four and a half years clean. My wife is an amazing, awesome, caring, selfless person. All my mentors that are around me are years clean. So the whole world that I've created now is a world of clean. You know what I mean? And right. even with marijuana, like marijuana and everyone, Oh, it's legal. It's that it's this, and right. that. My, my brain, my brain does not allow it myself to even go that route. You know, I right. see all this weed out here in California. They go, oh, I'm California sober. <laughs> right. They got, mm-hmm. they got all these crazy things going on. You know what I mean? And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, you know, I understand. Like I've met people that are potheads and, 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 and they can, they can do that. But, 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 but for me, when I smoke pot, I turn into a crackhead with it. You know what I mean? Because right. I activate a phenomenon of craving. And I remember when I first got clean, I was like, when I get off probation, I'll probably smoke weed. I thought that, but now I'm like, I, I have so much joy and I have so much confidence and I'm facing so many fears and there's so many positives going into my life. And everybody around me is clean and sober. I'm around godly people. I'm around my, the same, uh, we're like-minded people, you know? So I, I, I love the world that I live in now. So I have really no reason not to escape one second of it. Right. And, you know, t- talking about like the weed in California and, you know, multiple other states that it mm-hmm. that it's legal in. Um, there are a lot of addicts, um, you know, that that were addicted to, you know, alcohol or or prescription pills or whatever. Um, and, the, and they stop that, but then they still go the weed route and then they get it implanted in their brain that they can't make music or they can't create or they can't, you know, basically life. Yeah. without it yeah how did how do you address that in someone i'm sure i'm sure there's people that have been in the you know the recovery program that um had stronger addictions and then they yeah. they gear down yeah per so, se to yeah. weed how how do you address those things so how i approach it um you know so First of all, first and foremost, especially younger kids, you know, they, 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 they're on the fentanyl, right? Mm-hmm. And they're very liable. You're going to die if you're on that, right? Right. So, you know, for me, as, as, as for me, if you want the joy and the purpose and the courage and the strength that I carry, you know, then you'll have to do what I do. I don't mm-hmm. smoke weed. I don't, I don't do that. You know right. what I mean? Like, and, and I, I, I feel like I reap the benefits from it. Like I said, but if you're doing, if you're out there and you're on fentanyl and if you want to smoke some weed and you're younger and you want to smoke some weed, as long as we're, we're keeping the addict alive, like I, 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 I truly believe that, you know, mm-hmm. but, 
but for me to, to wake up and be an asset and, and, and have more energy than I've ever had in my life, man, I used to smoke weed and within three minutes, I'd get so paranoid that like, I would literally like, I would yeah. literally like stay home all day mm-hmm. and, and I smoked weed my, my whole life, my whole pre, my, my before Christ days, I, I smoked weed the whole time. And it was like, it was like, so now when I look back, it's like, okay, so if you, so if you don't smoke weed and you have anxiety all day and you eat all the food in the house and you sit on the couch all day and you watch movies all day and you do absolutely nothing, then you're a bum. But if you put weed in your body and you have anxiety and you smoke weed all, or, and, you, and you, uh, you eat all the food in the house and you sit on the couch and all you do is watch movies and you do nothing, then you're a pothead. So I'm like, I'm like so, so, so if you take the weed out of your body and you do all the same things that you do with the weed in your body, you're a bum. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> that's how, that's how I would look at it, you know, but, but there are some people that can smoke and they don't, the problem with me is that I get like, I get, I, I weed ends up turning into being like crap to me. I'm like, Oh, I need more. I need more. I start thinking of the next hit. I thinking of the next right. hit. So all it does is become methamphetamine to me in my mind. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and I take a lot of, we, we, on our podcast, you know, cause we take a lot of backlash on the weed thing. People come at us like, Oh, well I was on heroin and, and now I smoke weed and I've been clean and all this stuff, you know, but I feel that everybody is like, everybody's like, like wanting sobriety so bad. Like to me, sober is putting nothing in your body. Like mm-hmm. literally putting no substance in your body down here in PB. We got the steroids. All these guys are on the steroids. But, oh, I'm sober. They got the Kava down here. We got right. people at, at, we got AA meetings. We got AA meetings right here where they're here talking, taking 10 years. And then they're all at the Kava bar or they're doing Kratom. And it's like, I, I was going like, to say dosing mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, everybody is wanting to say that they're sober because it's such an elusive thing. When you mm-hmm. become an addict, it's very difficult. You got to put in the work to right. be completely right. sober off all substances. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and it's, like I said, as long as you're off the fentanyl for the younger kids, you know, I'm happy for them, you know, God bless them. It's kind of hard sometimes because we get kids in our treatment center, man, that are like 23, 24. And I'm like, and I'm like, I got clean at 37. So I have to have a simp- I have to have empathy for them, you know, because right. at 24 years old, man, I was out playing pro baseball. I wasn't even thinking about rehab. You know what I mean? So I do understand that it might be kind of hard to get sober at like 24. And like, you have your whole life. We have, we have, we have kids in our treatment center that are 19 that haven't, haven't even reached 21 yet. You know, mm-hmm. and, and they haven't reached a legal age to go to a bar and, 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 and they're in treatment already. You know what I mean? And and the fentanyl has just reached our younger kids. You know, they've reached a younger group of kids now, like in high school. And it's right. pressed in all these pills and stuff like that. So it's let it's me let wild. me ask you. a Let me ask you another question. Do you see um, a lot of times people in the recovery program that. um like maybe started using because of uh, like emotional traumas or, you know, things like that, that they either don't know how to deal with because they're not, you know, they're not on the path of God. They're not spiritual anyway, uh, shape or form. Do you see a lot of that? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of past traumas and things like that, you know, for me, for me to be honest, like, I started to drink because I wanted to talk to women. I wanted to uh, loosen up and, and become mm-hmm. somebody that, that, that somebody that I wasn't, you know, right. it's kind of like, we got to work on our, on our inside, you know, that we got to work right. on that, that spirit and things like that. And, 
for me, it was like, it was like the first time I did meth, I was like, man, this is the best thing in the world. I felt like I had the limitless pill, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of past traumas that people don't deal with and things like that. And a lot of people, man, they, they don't want to become a person of integrity. And, 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 and that's a big part, you know, and, and it's like in the 12 steps, you know, a lot of people have a hard time turning their self over to God right. because they're going to have to now become a person of integrity. You're going to have to start to do the right thing when nobody's looking. A lot of people don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to continue to live in the dark, continue to do their thing. And I, I, I mean, I have experienced for me when I got clean, like, like, like I got clean um, and I had like, uh, I had like, you know, two and a half years clean off of drugs and alcohol that, and when I got out of the Salvation Army, I'm just being real, I picked up porn, you know, when I got out of the, the uh, when I got out of the uh, recover or when I got out of my treatment center, you know, and I had gotten married and I, I had been hiding this from my wife, you know, I had been hiding it, hiding it, hiding it. And then right before we were about to sign the covenant, because when you sign the covenant with the the Salvation Army, you can't look at porn, you can't gamble, you can't smoke, you can't be addicted to anything, you know, and I'm sitting here going up to this covenant thinking, how am I going to sign this covenant? And I still have this in the dark, you know, and Mm -hmm. I ended up coming home and and, and my wife sat me down and she's like, Monty, like, I know that what you've been doing. And I felt absolutely terrible because how it affected her, you know, what I mean knowing that this was going on and uh I ended up I ended up that day I have nine I have nine months clean off of that now you know what I'm saying and and it's Mm -hmm. made everything in life my relationship better it's made everything better because now I brought that to the light and it died in the light and now as of right now right now talking to you on this video I'm hiding nothing right now from nobody right that was something I was hiding and it really, really affects your spirit. It affects your spirit when you're hiding something. It doesn't matter. And only you know in your life if you're hiding something. Only right. you know. You know what I mean? And people will hide and they will hide and they will hide. And you'll never feel fulfilled. You'll never feel like like, like, like in the moment. You know, like now I feel like I'm indulged in the moment and I'm able to seize it with good intent because everything's in the light. Now I'm standing here. I'm like, let's go. You want my phone? Here you go. You want to go in my room? Check it out. You know, there's nothing to hide no more, you know? See, and I think that's a beautiful thing. People ask me all the time, like, you know, are, are you sure you want to talk about this? Are you sure you want to share this or, or that about my life? And I'm like, absolutely. There's absolutely no part of my life and my past that I hide from anyone. It's an open book because you cannot fully live in the light if you hide part of yourself in shame. Um, And some people have a really hard time with that because they're, you know, they don't want people to know that you have that, you know, dark side of you or, you know, that you have this, this, fetish or this addiction or this, you know, whatever the case may be. But to me, you cannot be fully you if you don't accept every part of your life and share it with other people. You can't, you can't give a full testimony if you hide parts of yourself. I mean, that's, that's, that's like exactly why I just shared with with you with what, what I just shared, because it's like, Mm -hmm. dude, I, I got clean. I did. I got off the drugs and alcohol. I converted over to porn because in my mind, I'm justifying it. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not out sleeping with a bunch of girls, but right. I'm doing this. 
Now you right. start desensitizing your relationship. You start to see this thing that you're looking at and it's totally different. And it starts to desensitize everything about your marriage. Right. And then all of a sudden you get off of that and you put that aside. And the next thing you know, I mean, and I'm just being a real with whoever's out there is listening. Next thing you know, your, your, your wife, everything ends up getting better. The relationship gets better. Right. You're, you fall deeper in love. Now, because you took, this, you took this thing out, this idol, this, this, this disgusting thing out of your life. Mm -hmm. And now everything starts to get back on track, you know, but for me, I'm an open book and people tell me, they're like, man, we really respect the fact that, uh, you know, you share your story, your story with true honesty, you know, and mm -hmm. I never thought in a million years that I was going to be able, I went back and spoke to my high school baseball team, the whole baseball program. And they allowed me to open up with prayer. They allowed mm -hmm. me to share about drugs. And I told him, I said, the minute that drugs comes in front of you, I said, please, family, run. I said, right. run. Because th they have to understand that my life was going really good. I got up into AAA, man. That's the level right below the big leagues. That's like vice president of professional baseball. And every kid in the world wants to be a pro baseball player. I put mm -hmm. this drug in my body, Adderall, that disguised itself as heaven and took me straight to hell. Within four, year, four years after that, I was now going from 6'4", 230 pounds, throwing 93 miles an hour, to now four years later out of baseball, playing in Canada, living in a hotel, truck repo, 350 milligrams of Adderall a day, now Oxycontin, and now smoking weed every day because I made this choice at 28 years old, which I didn't even have to do because right. I chased pleasures. I put it in my body and they need to understand how fast, how fast that your life will go downhill. And for me, one of those kids, they might, not, one of those kids, maybe all of them are going to have a moment one day where they're going to have drugs in front of them. And I was hoping that just that, that they go, man, remember when Monty shared that mm -hmm. at that baseball practice and that right. moment right there, can turn them into a whole nother direction. And because I'm so open with my recovery and my faith and my life now, I get to have amazing opportunities to be able to do that, to be able to share my story, come mm -hmm. on this podcast. And, and, and we're, we're up here moving and grooving. You know what I mean? I'm just so thankful for that. So I'm going to be an open book constantly because I feel that like every part of my story can hit one person out there who's going right. through exactly the same thing. And I think it's beautiful that, that you are so open and that you share so much of yourself with other people because God has a plan for you, you know, and, and even had a plan, you know, for you to, to do what you did in your past to go down that path and to come out stronger on the other side so that you can turn around and use the gifts that you were given by God to help other people. And I think it's an absolutely beautiful thing. And I'm so happy that you are going, you and your wife both are going to be, you know, in the ministry portion. And I think that's fantastic because God spoke to you and gave you a path to do so. Yeah. Yeah. We are just, we're so thankful for the Salvation Army. Like I said, our, my story of, of, of my relationship with my wife, I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. She's a graduate from the Salvation Army also. To be able to actually meet and how it all how it all happened was just an absolute miracle. And we both, before we had even met, we both wanted to become officers for mm -hmm. the Salvation Army. And then we God allowed us to meet, which is just a wild, wild story. And for me, 
I used to sit in there and it's crazy how God brings you from glory to glory when you have the change of perspective. Like right. I said, this isn't about being rich and having airplanes and, and Lamborghinis. Yeah, right. This isn't about <laughs> I that. I don't want this one is, gas system. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. I cruise around in a Prius and I'm like, let's go, baby. But, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's God bringing you from glory to glory on a change of perspective that is worth a right. million dollars, you know, and we both, uh, you know, William Booth, if you don't know anything about the Salvation Army, it's an amazing ministry. And William and Catherine Booth in 1865, they started it and they were walking the streets of London and they wanted to bring alcoholics and homeless. They were walking the streets and they were like, why is nobody helping these alcoholics and these homeless? Why aren't they helping them? So they tried to bring them into regular churches and the regular churches said that they stunk. They didn't want them there. So right. William right. and Catherine Booth created the Salvation Army ministry. And that's why when you go every Wednesday at a Salvation Army ARC at a rehab, there's 130 prodigal sons in there worshiping the God, worshiping the Lord. And it's mm -hmm. the most powerful, powerful thing. And I had no idea. I thought the Salvation Army, I thought it was a thrift store, man. And I ended up getting <laughs> sentenced. Well, it's that too. It is that too. And I ended up getting <laughs> sentenced there. And I'm like, wow, like this is place is absolutely amazing. And I want to serve the ministry that saved my life, that connected me to God, that gave me a whole nother chance, you know, and same with my wife. My wife wants to serve the ministry. And, and to me, it's just there, there, to me, there's nothing funner or nothing more awesome than going to school. We, we would end up going to officer school and you learn about how to be a minister and you learn how to be a pastor for the Salvation Army and you learn how to do their type of work and what they do. And then you get commissioned. So after two years, you get commissioned to anywhere on the Western territory. So, I mean, it's exciting, you know, and then every four years you get up and you move. And like I said, she has a kid who's, she, you know, her daughter's 21 and, and, and she's older now doing her own thing. She's going to be a nurse. So my, me and my wife, it's just us, you know what I mean? So right. it's, it, it's it seems like just an awesome opportunity to just travel the world or travel the United States and be able to serve God and serve the ministry that saved our lives. So, you know, we got our hand raised. And for me, it's just being obedient, you know, waking up every day and just being obedient to whatever God has for me. And that's the true gift and the true happiness, because it's not about like people want ask for blessings and they want to receive something. But the right. thing is, is as you have a good attitude and you continue to do the right thing and you become the right thing and you start to make the next right move. And, and in the moment you're seizing the moment with good intent, you become the blessing. So while we're mm -hmm. waiting for a blessing, you actually become a walking blessing. You know, I feel like when I walk into the room or wherever I go with the attitude and the energy that I bring, like I'm a walking blessing. So how great is that to wake up every day and be a blessing to others? You know right. what I mean? That to me is like the funnest thing in the world. The most exciting thing to do is that now, no matter what spirit or whoever I touch, no matter what, like I know I'm going to be a blessing at that contact moment in that person's life. And that's what God has done for me. He's given me joy. He's given me the fruits of the spirit. He's given me self-control. He's given me discipline for true freedom. And I just, mm -hmm. I want to shout it from the mountaintops every single day, because like I said, uh, three years, uh, three years, 10 months, 11 days ago, man, I was a strung out junkie who was a prom king who played pro baseball, who had all this future, was just supposed to do all these amazing things, had an absolute unbelievable fall from grace. And now because I walk with God, every single part of my whole life makes sense. And I, you can't, you cannot, I mean, you you can't even buy that type of, that's, of joy. And you know, I love that so much. And that's really hard to explain to somebody who um, hasn't found their path with God yet um, or doesn't believe in God, hasn't accepted God. It is so hard to explain to people. 
like the absolute joy that you get from that relationship and how he literally blesses your life every single day. And, you know, I always, I always laugh and call them like my downloads Mm -hmm. because I constantly am hearing like downloads from God, you know, talk to this person or, you know, do this for somebody or, you know, whatever the case may be, or, you know, like I was telling you before the show, some things that had gone on in my life. And it was like, you need to share this story because there's a message in there that other people need, you know? And so I I love being able to do that. And I love that people um, come to me with their problems, you know, so that I can help them to get through things. I can pray with them. I can pray for them. I can pray over their life. And it's just like God has moved in my life in so many ways and I'm like never ending ways. And I'm so very thankful for that. Yeah. I love that. It's, you know, it sounds like you've lined your conscience up with, with God and, mm-hmm. and you, like you said, downloads, he sends you little things and you're, mm-hmm. you're sensitive to the spirit now, you know, I know back in my addiction, you know, my, even, even back when I played baseball, like my brain would like the voice in my head was always like, Oh, you're not good enough. The strongholds, you know, you're not good enough. You're never going to get clean. You're a junkie. You blew your whole life. You know, that's right. That's what my brain used to say. So then I find God, right. I found God. And now my, 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 now my brain, that, that voice, that still small voice, because the devil shouts, you know, God whispers, God whispers. That's why I stay connected. And my self-talk is my, my self-talk literally is like, is like, this is why I saved you, Monty. Like when I'm mm-hmm. doing the right thing, this is why right. I saved you, son. <clears throat> this is why I saved you. When I make videos, this is why I saved you. This mm-hmm. is your purpose, son. This is what my brain's saying to me when before it used to be like, you're a loser. You're a failure. You're a junkie. Right. And the, the, the self-talk, that's why I say that Jesus came down and died on the cross and he bridged the gap. So before Jesus, there was a concrete wall that we couldn't get to God because we had to follow uh, 618 rules and us with sinful nature. How are we ever going to do that? (laughs) Right. We're lucky if we can follow one. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and I I started learning, I started learning about how like all, all God wanted to do was have an intimate relationship with his creation. And he had that in the very beginning, but then sin came into the garden, you know, and then, and then, and then sin hit the world. And then the whole time God's trying to find a way to have a relationship with his people people after Noah, after the earth flooded, then Noah, after, even though he saved all what he saved, he still brought sin. Sin had to been carried over through humanity. Mm -hmm. So what God did is he sent down Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. And that's why he is the savior. So now I don't have to go to God with shame and guilt. Like I'm forgiven by Jesus Christ. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm forgiven. So now I have this amazing relationship with like the best life coach in the world. And, <laughs> right? the, and, and the life coach is telling me that this is why I saved you, Monty. So I'm going right. to go with it every day because I like when my, when that voice tells me, this is why I saved you. I love mm-hmm. being lined up with my conscience and hearing those things. I love the change of perspective that know that working on myself and becoming a man of integrity is what's going to bring true joy on the planet. Like I love, I, there's no, I love that the Lord will leave the 99 to rescue that one sheep. When I'm that sheep, when I can't help but look back and be like, God literally left the earth and pulled me from the depths of hell 
And mm -hmm. I'm that last sheep. I'm that one sheep, the, the, the prodigal son. There's so many stories in the Bible now that like the whole Bible makes sense to me. And it's like when Apostle Paul was Saul, right? He he was a Christian killer and he believed what he was doing was the right thing. You know what right. I mean? Then he went on the trail of Damascus. He fell off the horse, went blind for three days. He finally got his sight back and he became the apostle of love. So his grace is sufficient, you know? But when I look back in my life, I'm like, man, I was blind, literally chasing everything the world had to offer. And now I see and now I have joy and happiness. And like you said, you know, it's it's hard for some people to grasp it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I live it. You know what I mean? I live it. So I'm going to shout it from the mountaintops. Sometimes I'm super thankful that, like, I'm not so smart that I have to, like, dissect everything and be like, oh, you know, like, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that God loves me. And I'm going to go spread the good news every single day of my life, every single morning. And I'm so thankful that I'm, I guess I'm just dumb enough to believe that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> me some, too. Me yeah, too. some people are so smart. They're like, they're, oh, what about the atoms and this and that and the bollock? Yeah, and I'm like, bro, I don't even care about none of that, bro. Like, I'm happy. This this is what saved my life. This is what pulled the needle out of my arm. And I'm going to go shout it from the mountaintops because that's what my duty is. My duty is I walked away from God. I came back to God and now I'm going to shout it from the mountaintops. And I believe that's what everybody's purpose is. Uh, amen to that. I want to share um, a Bible story that mm -hmm. is so important for the message in it. And I think a lot of times like, uh, people overlook like they could read this and overlook the message or the meaning in this. And I think it's a beautiful story. Um, this is in Kings 19. It's 19 through 21. It's called the call of Elisha. Mm -hmm. So Elisha went from there and found Elisha son of Saphat or Elijah went from there and, and found Elisha mm -hmm. um, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him and then basically walked away. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. He said, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen, slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant, which basically was one of the greatest prophets and you know, in Bible history. So he set out to serve God. And here's the point in that story and why I think it is so beautiful. When God calls you into service as he's done for you, as he's done for me and multiple other people that I know, you have to burn your plowing equipment equipment, which means basically that you have to burn what you did in your past life to be able to move on with your purpose to serve other people. And so what was the first thing he did? He burnt the plow and cooked the oxen to feed other people. So his first thing was to serve other people yeah. and in turn serve God 
but not leave that foot in the old life. And that's the thing is a lot of people will leave one foot in that old life of addiction. Oh, well, you know, I, I can go back and I can use just this once. Even though I've been clean for 20 years, I can go back and, and use just this once uh, because it's there and I'm having a stressful time and, you know, people leave that door open. Yeah, 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 no, 100%. There, there, I, I love that story. And there's, a, there's also like Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot and his mm-hmm. family, you know, uh, right. it's like the most sinful city in the world. But the wife, the wife was still intrigued by she actually kind of was intrigued and kind of upset she had to leave the the city and right and, and they're told they're told to leave the city but just don't look back you know what i mean and they mm-hmm. all left the city but the wife still kind of intrigued with what Sodom and Gomorrah had to offer she right. looks back she turns into a pillar of salt you know what i mean mm-hmm. you can't stumble on something behind you there's a blank canvas there's a blank canvas in front of you right amen and it's it's up to you to put the paintbrush to the canvas. Now, you want to do this because there's somebody out there struggling right now that you don't even know that it's going to it's going to see your new life, that's going to see that painting that you created. And everything right in front of us is manageable. The moment right. is always manageable, right? right? And in whatever you do wrong, you can pretty much reverse it. You know what I mean? So don't live in fear. You know what I mean? Fear is a right. liar. It's false right. evidence appearing real. And sometimes we fear the actual failure than the failure itself. Sometimes we mm-hmm. fear what can happen than what could actually happen. But put that paintbrush to that new canvas. And because your story, your comeback story is going to save so many lives and you're going to become an asset and you're going to feel great. And it's never too late, Janet, to, to right. turn your life around. Like it's never too late it's never too late i mean there's so many people that have had amazing success stories like in their older ages like i thought mm-hmm. that when i was like i was like i'm 37 man what am i going to do with the rest of my life and now i'm sitting here at 37 and i'm thinking i'm going to have to work in a warehouse i'm going to be single nobody's going to ever want me and now i'm sitting here married fully out of treatment about to be a salvationist for the salvation army i got two youtube channels i got a podcast i mean i'm just blown away what god can do for you when you're willing to use and i there you go sorry yes sorry somebody (laughs) somebody called me but when you're willing to be obedient and, and 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 give your vessel to god he's going to use you in magnificent ways you know what i'm saying right and and for me like i have visions like I have visions of being a, a, a motivational speaker, you know what I mean? And speaking in front of a bunch of people, I, I, I have visions and I just, I, I see that, but I just do the little things. I dream big, but I start with little steps. You know what I mean? Right. And the, the waking up in the morning every day and, and the leaders among us must be servants. So having that servant attitude Mm-hmm. is what gives me joy. It's like, it, it's unreal. Like with my money, like with me and my wife's money, like I'd rather give money away to help somebody and then go to the food bank if I had to, cause I had no food. I'm the, same. Knowing, I'm the same way. Yeah. I would time. rather give than, than go out and buy a bunch of shoes and clothes and jackets and hats and glasses. I'd rather go give my money to someone that needs it. And then me mm-hmm. be in need and go to a, a, a go to a food bank. 
And right. I would feel like a million dollars because of the change of perspective. You know, I right. love to give and it's like, it contradicts everything you give to receive. You know what I mean? You, you surrender to be free. The Bible right. contradicts everything. You know, and that's, that's one of the things, um, a lot of people don't know about me or my husband. Um, we have had multiple people live with us that we were helping to get sober, to get clean, to get, um, a new start on life basically. And so, so far, uh, everyone has been very successful, but that's something that, you know, when the, when the spirit moves you to do something like that, you do it, you don't ask questions. You know, other people are like, like the very first guest that we had uh, live with us, you know, everybody in society basically threw them away and they had no parental relationship. They had no family relationship, things like that. And, you know, it was loud and clear and God's like, this is your role. This is what I want you to do and serve your purpose that I have put forth in front of you. And I can say it's the most rewarding, beautiful feeling to do God's work and do what he commands of us. Um, you know, whether it be taking somebody to church or, you know, whatever it is, yeah. don't ever don't ever ignore the message that you get from God, but always ask God to, you know, let loose of the devil in your life, break the chains that, you know, that are holding you, whether it's addiction or mental health issues, things like that, because God doesn't want you to live as a prisoner. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. I, I get so much joy. Like I said, you know, that's the Salvation Army, man. When you become an officer, like you, all you're doing all day long is working for God. Like you're literally mm -hmm. like, right. you're like, you're like working for the Lord. And, and when you go into officer school, you sell everything that you own and now you go into officer school. So it's kind of like you said, you know, you're like cooking up food and, 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 and burning the plow, you know, mm -hmm. like you go, right. you, you go into the officer school as just you and your wife. And now you are now are serving God. Right. Uh, every single day. And, and, and to me, serving God, like I, I say, don't take me one second away from God. Like like my podcast, you know, when I first started doing it, I started thinking, man, what if this thing blows up? You know, and I would and I would just pray, like, if it's going to take me one second away from you, God, I don't want nothing to do with. It. Right. Amen. So we, we make sure that we pray before every episode. We ask God Same. to take it out there, <laughs> you know, so so we make sure we're keeping it lined up with God because we know that pride and ego and we've already seen it, you know, like as we've gotten a little bit bigger here in the San Diego area, you can see like money changes things. And some people they try to get they want they want to be around the 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 environment, you know, they want to be around right. the studio. They want to, they want a piece of it. You know what I mean? And we got to be really careful to be able to keep it and know what, what the mission's been from day one is to be able right. to save lives, you know, one episode at a time, putting God first and have him using our gifts for good, you know? So, right. That yeah. discernment, that special yeah. gift of discernment is so important nowadays, but uh, so is patience, yeah. uh, hey. especially in, in recovery and, you know, working with people that are in recovery, uh, patience yeah. is a, oh, is a big, 
Big that thing. have a lot of patience. And I want to share uh, too. One thing is that uh, I was I was listening to Bible in a year, and it talked about King Solomon, how uh, the Lord came to him in a dream. You know, he came mm -hmm. to him in a dream, and he told him he would give him anything that he wanted, anything that he would wanted. And he didn't ask for anything material. He asked for discernment and the courage right. to be able to, to to run his country as in a godly manner. You know, I mean, God was right. really really happy for this. And that's one thing that I, I I want. I want discernment. I want to have the courage. You know, these are the things that give you joy is to be able right. To, I can't say it over and over, but to wake up and be an asset, you know, for the kingdom just gives so much joy every single day because I used to be on the whole other team. I used to be on the whole other side, you know, and and it's just it's just incredible, man. But so when you're praying, you know, just ask for just ask for, uh, you know, things to happen within your spirit, man. Don't ask mm -hmm. for material stuff. Right. Don't ask for a house. Don't don't ask for those things. You know, right. I, in my opinion, you know, like ask the Lord. I agree to, with that. Yeah. You know, ask the Lord to take anything from your spirit that's not of him. Ask him to give you courage. Ask him to use your hands and feet uh, for his gifts, you know, for his good. Mm -hmm. You know, and these are the types of things. And as you start to love the process, because the person that loves to walk is going to walk further than the person that loves the results. So you end up waking up like I wake up and I love my process. I love mm -hmm. every second of my day. And what has happened, I've literally like kind of walked into certain type of success. Right. Because I just love the process and I'm just going to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. And the next thing you know, you look back and you planted all these seeds of good and you're mm -hmm. starting to see the harvest blossom behind you, you know, but it's just a little, it's the next right step. It's that first next step and understanding that everything in front of you, that all we have is the moment. We do not have anything but the moment. So mm -hmm. we have to understand the next step is always manageable, always right. manageable. So don't be afraid of your future. Know that you have faith, man. Know that the superpower of walking with God is if you control your vessel and you do the right thing, that the Lord is working out things for you that you don't mm -hmm. even know about. You have no idea. Like I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea that, uh, that, that when I was in the Salvation Army, that Hank and Charles were going to start to build a podcast, a studio in their garage. I had no idea. No idea. I'm in San Bernardino. They're in San Diego. What <laughs> happens is I'm just doing my thing. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I start my YouTube channel. They, they're doing their thing. They see me. We intersect. Now I'm able to handle it. They asked me to be the host. Next thing you know, I'm sitting next to Chris, Chris Lieben, Craig Shoemaker. I'm sitting next to famous people that are in recovery, and I'm hosting a podcast all because I stayed obedient, and I didn't have the – I didn't know – what type of gift or blessing God was going to give me. But as I kept becoming a better person, working the steps, becoming a better person, walking with God, becoming a man of integrity, I was able to intersect and I was able to handle the blessing at that perfect time. But I, I, I share the, the story about, uh, you know, Abraham, you know, asked to kill his son, right? Yes. He he's asked mm -hmm. to kill his son, Isaac. And he's waking up in the morning and he's like, he's thinking like, oh my gosh, like I got to kill my son, but he stayed obedient. And as he walks up the mountain, as he's walking up the mountain, God provides is what he called the mountain. He's walking up it with his son. God sent the ram on the other side. He had no idea that the ram was going up the mountain, but he stayed obedient. He stayed obedient. He stayed obedient. And as he laid his son down and he was just about to sacrifice him, the true sacrifice, the ram popped up on the other side. We don't know what God's doing in our lives. Right. You know, we right. don't know, but there's something as long as we're staying on that right track, doing the right thing, becoming a blessing. 
I promise you there's something that's coming in your direction. And when you're able to handle it, it will be God's perfect timing. Yeah. And I was going to add to, <clears throat> I had this beautiful conversation with some friends of mine yesterday. They have been going through a really difficult time for the last several years. Mm -hmm. And the situation finally got resolved. But I told him, I said, it had to happen this way. It had to happen the way that God had planned it out because God has worked in your lives and changed who you are on the inside. He strengthened you. And so this turmoil and this strife that you went through, and this is for, you know, not just them, but people with addictions, people that are um, struggling with family issues, emotional things, stuff like that. If you have faith in God, uh, God will bring you out stronger on the other side and bestow upon you the gifts that you were lacking in your life before to have you move forward um, to strengthen your purpose and what you're here for. Wow. That's so, beautiful, you know, some, sometimes yeah. people have to go through an awful battle to get the armor of God on the other side, because he yeah, strengthened yeah. your soul from a, a weak person, you know, and into a warrior spirit. Yeah. So, well, sometimes you know. that armor, sometimes that armor is, is, is built by uh shame, guilt, past mistakes, right. but it's forged. It's, it's, right. it's, 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 uh, it's battle tested. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. And that armor is, and you forge ahead and you become a stronger person. It's like, it's yeah. like grapes, you know, grapes are crushed and crushed and crushed. And then they become a value when it becomes wine or when it becomes mm -hmm. juice, you know what I'm saying? And same as a human being, when you're crushed and you're crushed and you're crushed, you're going to forge into being a more valuable person on the planet. Absolutely. And so anybody that's listening to this, that's going through any kind of turmoil or struggle, things like that, have faith in God, ask God to help you accept God into your life, and he will change your life in ways that you have never imagined and for the better. And he will put eternal joy into your soul. So um, that's my message for people today. Mr. Monty, any any final thoughts for you today? No, I just want to say thank you so much, Janet. You're awesome. Absolutely. I love, I, you're just an amazing soul, an amazing spirit. Um, yeah, if you're out there struggling, there is always, it's never too late. And right now is the right time to put that paintbrush right. to canvas and just start your whole life. It starts from a mustard seed. You have to accept everything that you've done in your entire life. Just accept it. Know mm -hmm. that you are forgiven. God's grace is sufficient for anything that you've ever done in your life. Start to have faith. Stop worrying about the future. Know that God is taking care of you as long as you're doing the right thing. Know that we only have the moment. And so when we seize the moment with good intent, do the next right thing, do the next right thing. And then after a little while, you'll become the right thing. And you're going to be feel good because when we do good, we feel good. We do bad. We feel bad. We Amen. are made in the image of God. And I can't deny that. I can't deny that. 37 years of trying everything but God, finally choosing God. And it's been the only thing that worked family. So just continue to, uh, like I said, trust God, clean house and, and, and serve others. And that's the, that's the blueprint. So Monty, I'm so glad that uh, you reached out to me um, and that we were able to connect to do another show because, like I said, 
your your story is so important for people to hear your the work that you're doing the ministry that you're going to be doing um all of that is so important in life and you are such a beautiful person you're such a blessing to this planet and i'm honored to be called your friend my dear so thank you for coming on where can people find your what's your youtube channel and tell them about your podcast again yes um, so I, I host a 90 and 90 podcast on YouTube. It's uh, 90 in 90 podcast. And that's an addiction uh, recovery podcast. We bring on amazing guests. We have an amazing studio. and We just uh, share the good news. I have another YouTube channel called Your Neighborhood Hope Dealer, Monty Mansfield. And there I just do motivational uh, you know, videos every morning, just trying to get everyone fired up for recovery and, and try to get fired up for the Lord. You can reach me on Facebook. It's uh, just Monty Mansfield. But you're gonna want to click on the one that has me and my wife on the on the on the on the profile pic, not the one underneath with me in a Dodgers uniform, because that's me and my addiction. So, and then, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go on that one. Don't get on yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, don't go on that one. And then on my Instagram, my Instagram is Monty Mansfield, and in my TikTok is is Monty Mansfield. I, I don't do TikTok too much, but that's where you guys can find me. And like I said, I'm up every day. I'm putting out new content, and I'm just trying to spread the message of hope, guys. Monty, thank you again so much um, for joining me today. It's an honor and a blessing, and God is going to move in your life and continue to move in your life, my friend. So thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for everything that you do. Thank you so much, Anna. I appreciate you tremendously. We'll see you next time, guys. Have a good one.